Hello, Baker McKenzie welcomes you to Connect on Tech, a global podcast series covering legal developments on data, technology, privacy, and security that impact your business. Here's your host, Brian Hengisbaugh, Global Chair of Privacy and Security. Thank you for joining us. In today's episode, we are going to be discussing data security breach notification under the European Union's General Data Protection Regulation, and specifically how to deal with the 72-hour requirement and some of the related strategic decisions. I'd like to introduce to you our guest, Lucas Feiler, a partner with Baker McKenzie in our Vienna, Austria office. Lucas, welcome to the program. My pleasure. So, Lucas, one of the hot topics that we certainly see clients need to deal with is uh, data security and especially breach notification and the dreaded 72-hour rule under GDPR to notify data protection authorities um, once you have discovered a personal data breach. Um, can you just give us just a little bit of background of what's going on in Austria in this? Is is the Austrian authority inundated with breach notifications these days, like it seems like others are? Yeah, I'm more than happy to. Yeah, indeed. Uh, breach notifications are, uh, I'd say, the primary source of work these days for the authority with uh, filing requirements uh, having been, been eliminated. Uh, it's how the authority learns what, what is happening in, in, in the real world, if you will. And indeed, uh, many... Austrian companies have adopted uh, a file early, file often approach, if in doubt, make a filing, uh, simply because the, the overbroad filing requirements of the GDPR should not be to the detriment of, of controllers alone. Um, the data protection authorities should, should be uh, carrying some of that burden as well, and that practically means, yes, they do get a lot of notifications. Now, the downside risk, so I, I, I file early, file often. You know, I'm from Chicago, and so it's a vote early, vote often kind of thing in Chicago. Anyway, but uh, a file early, file often, um, I suppose the downside to that would be if it turns out that the event is not significant, but somehow the authority is still very interested in the matter and wants to pursue it. Has that been your experience? Has the authority been pretty aggressive about following up with investigations? Or how has that played out? Indeed, they, they have not. Uh, the resources of the Austrian Data Protection Authority are still very limited. Uh, so they do not have, have simply the time uh, to, to look into what could be interesting. They are busy with handling the cases that they absolutely have to. So what we have have seen uh, many of our clients do is even in, on, on borderline cases where, where a very good argument could have been made that there is no data protection uh, obligation to make any filings whatsoever. Nonetheless, the client wanted to do filings simply to avoid any kind of discussion with the authority in case a complaint is made, whether or not we, we have violated the the, the breach notification obligation. Um, if in doubt, making the filing simply means that if a complaint does reach the authority, they already have the, the client's filing sitting there um, and, and therefore preempting any complaint that, that might be made. And, and practically speaking, uh, this has not uh, resulted in, in any downside for, for our clients and, and also what we can otherwise see on the market. 
has there been any uh, difference of opinion that has developed? So if you if you make a filing, right, we have a potential uh, data security event, and you file, and you file within 72 hours of the discovery. Um, and I'm going to have you talk in just a minute about what that filing looks like. Is that a form? Is that an email? What does that look like? That you, How do you contact the authority? But have you ever had it developed where then the authority says, gee, we think this is a an event that poses a high risk to individuals and therefore the company needs to notify individuals when the company itself wasn't planning to notify individuals? Any sort of complication or difference of opinion on, on that score? Basically, the, the filing to be made is, is a, a form that the Data Protection Authority does provide, a form that one can fill out, but it's, it's voluntary to be used. Typically, we don't use the, the authority's form as it imposes certain constraints and, and limits the way you might want to present a particular breach. Uh, what certainly helps is if, if you are able to provide all of the information that you know the authority will, will want to know in a manner that, that simply leaves no questions to be asked. If, if the set of facts that you are presenting are, are incomplete, uh, possibly because you don't even know yet at the time you're, you're making the filing, and then simply do not follow up with, with, uh, with another filing in time, well, then there will be open questions. And yes, then, then they will come back with requests for clarifications and additional information, et cetera. But we have so far managed in every single case to, to provide all the information proactively. Um, if you will, providing a good service to the authority, make it easy for them to reach uh, the right conclusion, the conclusion we want them to reach. And, and in this regard, it, it certainly helps to to also have a technical background and, and to be able to ask from the client for, for the, the information that you need to really paint a complete picture. So this is, is typically what, what we're aiming at. Um, and, and practically speaking, the, the issues that, that the authority does focus on the most is what is easiest for them to, to recognize and, and to prove as, as a GDPR violation. So specifically, whether or not the controller has implemented adequate security controls and, and therefore is ultimately to be held responsible for the breach, that is a difficult question since it's a legal and mixed technical question. And the Austin Data Protection Authority does not have a lot of, of technical expertise in this space. So they rather focus on more formal violations like missing the 72-hour filing deadline. So this is what, what really we, we put a strong emphasis on. It's not just painting a full picture, but while doing so, making 100% sure that we get all of the formalities right. Perfect. And have you, have you had an, an event yet or an instance yet where you filed for a client <clears throat> Excuse me. after the 72 hours have passed? Has that happened yet? Or do you always make sure that the clients get it in within 72 hours or perhaps even even sort of thoughtfully declare when the date of discovery was so that you can, you can be within 72 hours. You're absolutely right. That is, is often the question. And, and what time did the client indeed 
become aware of the facts constituting a security breach. And sometimes there, there are different ways of, of looking at this. Uh, and in any case, looking very closely at, at these circumstances is key. Uh, for example, um, we have a, had a case where, where a client uh, early on in the process noticed that there was some malware on a system. Well, a malware on a system does not necessarily mean that there is a breach. It, it indeed took the client uh, about a day or two to figure out what kind of malware it was. And the, the first uh, information that they had about the malware was that it was ransomware. And they were quite relaxed since they said, well, we do have a backup of all the data anyhow, so let's, let's not stress out over this. And from a legal perspective, we at this time have, have ex excellent arguments to make that this actually is not a breach to begin with. Uh, and uh, the European Data Protection Board would agree with us. If you do have a backup, the ransomware incident in itself is not a breach since neither the confidentiality nor the integrity or availability of the data is compromised. You still have a backup and the data has not left your system. Yeah, so before you go on, let me just, that's a really, that's a really critical point, which would be if it's the type of ransomware that does not involve any exfiltration or unauthorized access or acquisition of data, and to your point, you have backups, so there's no data loss, um, then you would not trip the, the definition of a personal data breach, right? So we wouldn't have a personal data breach there. The trick would be in the investigation itself to kind of continue the examination to confirm that there's neither any additional malware that's been deployed um, that does have data exfil or acquisition uh, or access capability, um, or just that the overall event itself didn't involve that type of, of access or acquisition or exfiltration of data. So those are kind of the keys. The case that we had, the client actually figured out that one of the backups didn't work. So the availability of the data was indeed compromised. But only at the time when the client learned that the backups weren't working. That is when we argued was the moment it obtained knowledge of the security breach. And that, that uh, the Data Protection Authority uh, did find convincing. Got it. Perfect. Makes great sense. Well, listen, Lucas Feiler, thank you so much for spending a, a few minutes with us. Lucas Feiler, partner in our uh, Vienna, I almost put you in Munich. Sorry about that. In the Vienna office of Baker McKenzie. Thanks for joining, Lucas. Thanks for having me. Thank you for listening. Stay tuned for our next podcast when we connect on tech. For more information on data and technology, subscribe to our blog at connectontech.com or visit our website at bakermckenzie.com.